Heavenly Father, you are a gracious, loving, and merciful God. You sent forth your Son into this world. You sent him to die for our sins on a cross. You raised him from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And you tell us that one day he will return. And you tell us that no one knows the day or the hour. So we should be ready. We pray, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit working through the word in our lives, in our hearts, that you would help us to be ready in season and out of season, to be ready at all times. For we know indeed that the day of the Lord is drawing near. Help us to live our lives each day with faith and with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Our gospel lesson today tells that parable of the master who goes away and who entrusts his servants with the gifts of the talents. The servants are given those instructions to use them, each according to their ability. The master leaves, and they don't know the day or the hour when he might return. St. Paul alludes to the second coming of Christ again in our letter to the 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. He describes it this way. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. In other words, it's going to come without warning. We all know that. We all know that it could come at any time. And so we are to be ready. That thief may be creeping along, looking for the opportunity to come in. And we know how it happens that one time when we leave our car unlocked or the house unlocked or unattended, it's probably the time that the thief is going to strike. If we knew what time they were coming, we'd be there waiting for them to scare them off. In the same way, Christ is going to come. And we dare not let our guard down. And that's what happens so many times. That's what the Old Testament writer was talking about today when the Lord comes and he's coming to Jerusalem and the people aren't ready. They've been going about their lives and doing the things that they do every day and living like the world lives, but but not ready for the Lord to come. 
we are called to be ready. So many times in our lives, we look around and we say, ah, everything's going good. I have peace and safety and security. And then suddenly, destruction comes. Growing up in the Midwest, we never knew exactly when the tornadoes were going to strike. And so you were ready. You had that place of refuge to go to when the storms came. I can remember spending a few nights in the basement of our house right near the storm cellar. You prepare. You're ready. The same thing is true for us as God's people. We are to prepare and be ready for that day of the Lord whenever it might come. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But I love these words of encouragement he gives to us. He says, but you are not in darkness, brothers. For that day to surprise you like a thief. In other words, you're ready. You're not living in darkness. You don't have the wool pulled over your eyes. You know it's going to happen. And so you've stayed strong in your faith and strong in the Lord. And you've been living your faith each and every day. You are not in darkness. For you are all children of light, children of the day, children who know the hope and the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ our Lord. A people where the the light of the cross is always shining brightly. We live as a righteous people, as a forgiven people, as a people filled with God's grace to impact this world. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then don't let us fall asleep as others do. Don't let us be unprepared as others might be. Let us be sober. Let us be ready. In fact, Paul pulls from a previous letter from the Ephes- to the Ephesians to remind us that we are to be ready for the battle, to face the world, and to be mindful that God has given to us all of the armor that we need, that breastplate of faith and love, uh, the helmet of, sal- of hope and salvation. We're ready to do battle with the world, to hold up the word of God, in all of its truth, to bear witness to him who has given his life for us that we might have salvation, a salvation that comes not to us because we have done everything right or earned it. It's not quite like a a school course or a a college course where you you know what the criteria is to earn a, a D, a C, A B or an A? It's not like that. You know, I had a seminary professor one time, the the highest grade you could get with him was a B unless you could complete the sections of the test that he gave to you at the very end of the test. 
and they were all in a different language. And you never knew what language it might be. He might put the questions one time in Latin. He usually gave you two choices. Uh, it might be Latin and French, or French and German, or German and something else. And if you could complete that section, then you could earn the A. That'd be kind of unfair. That's the way we looked at it. Does God work that way? Well, you can only get this far, but then you got to be able to do this, and it seems to be impossible, and you can't do it. So guess what? No heaven for you. Sorry, Marty. You didn't cut it. Beth, your music is great, but not enough. Tatum, awesome piano piece at the beginning, but yeah, well, sorry. Is that how God works? No. He doesn't work that way. Because God knows that we in our humanness can never be holy enough on our own. Can never be good enough on our own. Can never earn our way to salvation. We can jump through all the hoops we can. And we're always going to come up short. So he sent his own son. To live that perfect life. To be without sin. And to take our sin upon himself and to go to a cross and to suffer and to die in our place. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. Who died for us. In our place, for each and every one of us, for the multitude of our sins, for our disobedience, for our laziness, and even for our unfaithfulness. He died to wash them all away with his blood and to put on us a white robe of righteousness so that we can live forever with him. We are redeemed children of God. And one day when he comes again and we don't know the day or the hour, when he comes again, he's going to hold us in his arms and remind us that we belong to him. And so what do we do? What do we do in the meantime until Christ comes again? Well, Paul says it here. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another just as you are doing. When times are hard, when times are rough, during pandemics, during economic downturns, during ill health, loss of job, or maybe you're in college and that bad grade comes, we encourage one another. 
We build each other up, not in the hope of the world, not in the way that things will get better someday. How do you know they're going to get better someday? They might keep getting a little worse. We don't know. But we keep encouraging one another, not with the hope of the world, not with the things of the world, but the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Because no matter how rough the storm gets, he's there in our hearts and in our lives to calm the storm. No matter how bad things might get, he's there to lift us up and carry us. He's there to hold us. And remind us that we are loved and redeemed. And so in the meantime, we encourage and we build each other up. We give the the hugs, albeit now in a socially distanced way. We give those hugs that we need to give and we we give them in a way that people are, are lifted up. We give them the hope that they might need. And we remind them that there is a Savior who has their lives in his very hands and who loves them. I think the way that we need to approach it is to to say every day, exactly when we wake up, what is it that we're going to do and what is it that we're going to say to one another. And and maybe it's this way to, to wake up with an attitude that says, God, who can I encourage today to wake up with the attitude of of not going through the to-do list that maybe has been weighing on us not thinking about what we have to accomplish or what we might have to do to please our boss or whatever it might be the schedule of going here and there but rather to wake up with God who can I encourage today whose life can I touch and build up with your hope and with your love, with your grace and mercy. Who can I point to you today? Christ is coming again someday. But we live now. And we live each day with that attitude of, I am going to serve the Lord with all of my heart and soul and mind and strength. And I'm going to love my neighbor as myself because that's what God calls me to do. That's what my Lord lays before me. No matter what I face or what's going on in my life, that's the task, the challenge. And I do it not to earn salvation, but out of gratitude and love for the salvation that is already mine. In Christ Jesus, my Savior. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.